0: You are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast, a podcast where myself, David Gillespie, and my friend Rich talk about out of the way games that we enjoy, the conventions we play them at, and anything our friends want to jump on and talk about. If that sounds like what you're looking for, please have a listen. We've added some social media places for you to join us in talking about games and RPGs. We're on Twitter at High Shelf Gaming, and we have a Facebook group called High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Click to join, we'll get you added in. It's a closed group, but we're friendly to all game enthusiasts. Hey everyone, again this is David Gillespie, and today I am joined by my co-host extraordinaire, Rich. Say say hey to the nice folks.
1: Still not sure I'm ready for a co-host title, (laughs) but I will go with the best guest.
0: You are the best guest. Yes.
1: As of as of yet well, I shouldn't say that because when we talked to that one, you know, person about train, that was a pretty good guess. Sharon? Sure All right, maybe maybe I'll go with temporary leading up to full time, maybe part of the situation that we call this podcast hosting every now and then. Hey David, how are you doing? Things are <laughs> going great here. Good.
0: Good. I'm glad you're doing well. We're slowly finding your place in the world. Is really what I see this is. This is the the journey of Rich. Where does he fit in in the in the world of podcasting?
1: Hopefully it won't take
0: eons. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, way to all right, all right. So everyone today we're talking about a fun little board game called Eons um and we hope that it takes less than an eon for rich to find his place in the world
1: I hope so too cuz that could be a very long time <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah <laughs> yeah and eons uh, thankfully is a quick game it does not take a long time to play
1: You know when I was you know kind of show prepping and talking about you know eons the game I and and this is again David you are my mentor in all things smart um, what is an how? How is the game spelled? That the game is spelled E O N S. Yeah. How come there's A E O N? Is that an eon? Is that why? Is there a? Is this the singular and the plural?
0: I think you're thinking of the old cartoon, man. Are you thinking of of Eon with the with the cool like ninja you know? chick cat burglar? Like, 90s MTV cartoon, and she's running around killing folk and fighting weird master bad guys. Is that what you're thinking of? That's
1: pretty cool, but not what I'm thinking of. Um, <laughs> do you have a computer thing in front of you?
0: I, yes, we do this. Okay, as I we go do, on,
1: you know, I was kind of, you, you say it doesn't take – look up A-E-O-N. You know, I was looking at stuff, and, and one of the things that struck me is the Buddha was once asked how long – you know, is, an, is, an, is neon. And he was saying, imagine the mountain 10 miles wide, 10 miles high, and once every 100 years, a being appears and wipes the mountain carefully with a very fine cloth. The mountain would sooner be rubbed away level with the ground before an eon is completed. Okay. But it's spelled and that, that's a long time. And by the way, yeah, dear listeners, our game did not take that long to play. Um <laughs> yeah, but we did it was spelled with the A E O N. So have you have you
0: seen that? Okay. All right. I I I Googled and Wikipedia this. A E-O-N is is a spelling of it. E O N is the American English version.
1: Oh, since so, it's like that whole British thing and American mm-hmm, thing where mm-hmm, we where we spell things just a little different, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, do we have to beat them in a war before they start <laughs> using the way we spell stuff? I mean, is that what's going to happen?
0: <laughs> the war of words. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'll take the metric system, and oh. they just need to take how we spell stuff.
0: You know, that might be a fair trade. We'd be like, all right, all right, fine. We will do metric, but everybody has to agree to our dictionary. And then yeah. I think that most Americans are like, all right, yeah, fair trade. <laughs> we, we can do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> flashlight torch. What the f- – it's a flashlight, it's not torch.
0: <laughs> it's aluminum. It's aluminum. Don't throw extra silver. It's
1: going to take eons if I, if I don't get to it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminded me of when we were talking about playing this game. I, I thought of that Buddha quote because – I'm misrepresented all the time, but, you know, it's the idea that, you know, patience is a virtue, I think, somewhere in there. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to our regular scheduled podcast. Uh, David, where are we on that? Yeah,
0: we should catch up. Uh, so, Eons, with the E-O-N-S as the name, clearly an American spelling, clearly an American game, made in Richardson, Texas. So, North Texas, a suburb of oh, Dallas. Gosh, so murk that is so awesome.
1: <laughs> that is, you know, I only play America trains too, so that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, we
0: talked about that. You're a yeah. America only America. train uh, ticket to ride player. Yeah, and, so. And
1: Richardson is right around the corner. We we actually used to work there at one mm-hmm. time. You and I worked in Richardson. That's kind of freaky.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, our old neighborhood, our old stomping ground, that's where this game comes from. Uh, a uh, lady by the name of Kathleen. Oh, what was her last name? Wit. Kathleen Witt, a lady by the name of Kathleen Witt. She's a mathematician, invented the game uh, along with her husband and I think another game developer or designer. Um, and, but she did all the math for it to make sure it was balanced and all that good stuff. And, and this game has a pretty, like almost a European balance feel to it. If I, if I say so myself, like there's some random chance into it, but there's a whole lot of planning and foresight, foresight you have to bring to the game in order to really do well. I, I think, you know, when, when I was playing it with you and when I've played it in the past, it's a very, you know, thought intensive game. You can't just kind of flub your way through a turn and, and, and try and figure it out as you go.
1: Oh no, man. Like I, I just, I'm going to bring up XCOM, like every podcast, but you know, it, even like XCOM, I mean, you just can't go into an XCOM round going, eh, what the hell? Let's just shoot the shit this time. <laughs> Um, you have to plan that out, and I felt that way a lot during this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, thanks for hosting. We do. Um, we did a really neat little kind of uh, video conferencing let's play um, yeah. where David actually had all the physical pieces, and I was there as a virtual person, um, not using any of the tabletop simulators. We actually were really old school. Um, one, this is a pretty unique game. I mean, where'd you hear about?
0: So, so Eons. I ran into Eons at Gen Con. This was like two or three years ago. I went to Gen Con and it was just one of those um trial games. You know, at Gen Con you register for all these events, there's a bunch of games you've never played before, that's part of the joy. Eon's was one of those games. Had an interesting slug line, I was like, cool, I that sounds neat. You're making stars, you're making planets, um you're a you're an intergalactic architect, and your job is Ooh. to make the most beautiful creation. And, and you're versus other architects right so you're judged based on your final creation and I thought oh that's a really cool idea I want to make beautiful creations as a intergalactic architect I'm, I'm interested and I met the creators they were hosting the demo um well
1: wow, that's cool yeah
0: yeah yeah played the game I think I think the husband is the one who showed me how to play he's like yeah my wife she did all the math and I was like oh man this is awesome. Um, and I bought it that day. I was like, Oh, this is a good game. I, I need to have this. Um, so yeah, that's how I ran into it. Um, I don't even know if it's in print anymore. Honestly, I, I I went on and looked and see, to see what the purchase price was. And I think it's currently selling for maybe double what I paid. So I, that tells me that it's probably out of print right now, but not like It's not like hundreds of dollars to buy this game. Like when when you and I talked about Doom, uh, that was our second episode. We talked about Doom. I looked online. That game is like 200 something bucks or $300 right now. So like nobody can buy that. (laughs) Doom is crazy expensive. But Eon's not super expensive right now. It's due for another printing in my view. It's like, it's a fun game. It's got some really interesting strategy going on. Um, And uh, it's currently in my view, a little underrated uh, on Board Game Geek and all those guys.
1: Yeah, I, I found it was a really easy. I, I, you know, just to kind of prep, I went and um, got the the rules offline online and, and read them. And I and I read through them twice. And, you know, I am a gamer, but I'm not. I mean, you mentioned like being kind of German game. You know, I was at that board game geek con and someone's like, so you like German games? And they rattle off, to, bach to, bach to bach. and they're like, they, I mean, they weren't German names, but they were like all these board games I never heard of before. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like a super gamer. So I, I kind of read through the rules, which, man, I'm not too sure what they look like for you. But I think they only look like, I want to say two eight and a half by 11 pages, maybe a front and a back. I mean, it was only like maybe four pages of rules. And there was art in there yeah. where it wasn't easy to learn, hard to master. You know, a lot of the kind of the stuff I really like. Yeah. Um, and then we sat down and, and you clarified a couple points. And I was immediately struck with uh, victory points and, um, you know, kind of how you gather those and how they, how they change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. The, The rules are not long. It's, it's a, it's a relatively straightforward game. There's, you know, a full turn and each turn has several phases and you have to do them in order. There's a phase where you create things like you're creating the stars, you're creating the planets, you're creating nebulas, that sort of thing. And then there's a phase where you account, for all of your creations, you get uh, you get extra currency in this game. The currency is essence, so you get more essence. You get victory points. You get all these things, and you have to do all those things in order. Uh, and I I really dug that. I thought the game was uh, pretty pretty straightforward in construction. And then there's some steps that are really interesting in there that just don't exist in other games. So one of the premises of the game is you make stars, and the way you make stars is you you start off with a small uh, a small wallet of 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 essence and essence is your like magical architectural currency it's what you use to create things but you also have some elements and these are you know hydrogen helium carbon you know oxygen that kind of stuff so so periodic table elements you have a few of those in your docket and you spend
1: those and too- magic
0: space goo. Right. Yeah. The essence, the magic space goo, Yeah. yeah. So you use both of these things to make stars and planets. And when you have the star, the star will fuse. And that's one of the things I really dug about this game is your star sits out there. It has some, some elements sitting on it and it fuses during the fuse cycle. And you as the architect have to decide how much or how little that star is going to fuse. And that has a big impact. So that determines what kind of resources you're going to get out of the star. Or how long that star is going to last. You could say, hey, I'm going to fuse everything because I need all these resources out of the star. I'm going to use those resources for something else. And that's a tough call. And that's one of the things I liked about it is there's a real strategy discussion or there's a real strategy moment in the fuse cycle where you're looking at all right, I've got one or two or more stars. When you and I played, you had like, at one time, I think you had like six stars in front of you. Yes,
1: I was the architect of stars. Somehow, um, you know, I saw this victory point condition. Mm -hmm. And so not only do you use a couple of your elements and some of your goo to make a star, after you've done that, That star counts for points. So if you totally fusion that star out, like David was saying, pull everything off of it to where it's totally fused and it did everything to create and you use all those elements, well, hell, you lose those victory points. Yeah. So I kind of – I screwed up and maybe lost a star or two, but then I got the idea of that and I said, well, I'm going to fuse – Real slow, ladies. So I was fusing the the star really slow, just pulling a couple elements at a time. Mm -hmm. And that way I started making more stars and taking a little bit from each one to where I got my points up. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what started leading my path to victory. Oh, oh, sorry, I ruined it. Oops. <laughs> Oops. 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 <laughs> Gustav Rich one. So that, that's how I started leaving. That was a German board game thing. Did you get it? Gustav. Yeah. I got,
0: yeah.
1: Um, the first so game you've I, ever uh,
0: won against me.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's <your laughs> it's like one of the first games I've ever won. But, uh, you know, I think that's because you were being nice. Um, we were playing and, um, you know, I, I kind of saw that's going to be my path to victory was to get a lot of stars going. Now. I wanted to do some other things and we'll talk about like, you know, building a planet and mm. then getting life going. There were there were some goals there that I, I wanted to get to, um, but I didn't. But I did get a lot of stars. Yeah. yeah. So you could call me the hard or whatever. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you were the was your uh,
0: strategy. My strategy was to play the cards I was given. <laughs> I was- <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You, we were playing Bunko on your first round, would you? Yeah. That was, that was the the stalling point for you.
0: Yeah. My, my hand was not very good. Uh, when it, when it got started, there's, I got a hand that I couldn't play anything, you know, in my, the elements that I had to start with the star that I had was too expensive. The plant that I had was, uh, I think it needed one extra element that I didn't have or something like that. And so I was stuck in this position of, well, what do I do? And this is one of the things that I would house rule for this game is I would add in a mulligan. I would say, all right, if you start the game and your hand is just garbage, you can drop the whole hand and draw a new one. Um, Now, I will say I didn't do a great shuffle for you and I's game. I was just kind of trying to get it started. So I, I will blame my my shuffling skills on that one, but I think a mulligan rule is is needed for a game like this where your starter hand is kind of important because it gets your whole economy going. And if it's a crap hand, you're fighting from behind the whole the whole way. Um,
1: and, and I see that in a lot of games, that sure. they'll have the dump one, redraw, um, or you get to redraw and then that's your hand. You're stuck no yeah. matter what.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Like, I, I, I would have accepted that. I, I think what I did is I just dumped one and drew until I got something I could afford to play, um, which isn't cool. That's not what I should have done. I should have just drawn a whole new hand. Um, but
1: No, that's okay. I'm, I won.
0: <laughs> you're okay with it because yeah. I won. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, wait to <laughs> – So, yeah, there's one of the interesting things about this in the victory points is that they fluctuate. They go up and down. And one of, the, one of the strategies of this game is, remember, there's those different phases of the turn. The order of phase, so who goes first in, the, in that phase, changes. Oh, yeah. Based on your points. And that's one of the things I loved about it. So if you're last, if you're, if you're last place point-wise, when it comes to fusing, you go first, which is really nice. Because one of the things about this game is the elements in the game are used to fuse. So you fuse like, um, I think it's hydrogen into, I think in this game, it's into carbon or it's carbon into oxygen. I know carbon into oxygen. So in this game, whenever yeah. you fuse carbon into oxygen, that oxygen needs to be in the universe. It needs to be in the bank, you know, and if there's no oxygen there, you can't fuse that carbon. You have to fuse something else or your star dies. It's gone.
1: Let me try and visually put this out there for everybody. There's a little board in the middle. And on that board, there's hydrogen, little uh, meeple. Oh, this is the game that I wish they would make like uh, – they were all the exact same little square with different colors. Right. But they should have made them like meeples. Like the hydrogen was round and the carbon mm-hmm. was squares and the oxygen was multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. Um hmm You know, so there's this little board out there, and depending on how many people play, you only put out like 8 hydrogen or, uh, you know, like 12 hydrogen, uh, 12 carbon. Well, then oxygen maybe is at 10, and then iron's at – there's a note here somewhere about how you're supposed to lay them out. But if you go into that fusion phase and you don't have the resource on that board in the middle, well, hell, you just can't do it. It's not yeah. like you can say, oh, I make oxygen. Pretend there's a blue meeple there. Right. It's no, you can't make oxygen. And right. if your star can't fuse, right, your star lose. Yeah. And it goes away. And then yeah. what goes away when you lose a star? Those precious, precious victory points. Mm, <laughs> they just disappear. So yeah, I, I, I totally dig. We play a two-player, and we only – and again, we weren't being jerks to each other. right? But we, while we were fusing, we made sure to fuse in an order for each other. As in, I made sure I had a little bit of what up, was up there that I needed to get next. Right. Because I fused yeah. a star that left off some. Right. And put it back in the bank, as right. you were saying. Um, yeah. I hope that visually kind of brought it together for everybody. But if there were four or five of us all competing, yeah, on that high-low strategy – you may want to be low in points going into the fusion phase. Right. So you you can screw someone over.
0: Well, you, and so you can, you can, your neighbor. right. And so you can make sure that your big important star gets a fusion cycle because every star has to fuse. And if it can't, it's gone. Right. And like you say, you lose victory points, you lose essence because your stars make essence every turn for you. So no it's go. one of the, yeah, yeah. You need that goo. So it's one of those things that was like, Man, going into the fusion phase, that's where the strategy really kicks in because you have to think, what resources do I need? What resources can I make? If I can't make it, I got to buy it, right? So there's a whole way to buy resources in the game. And then, you know, you're also thinking, well, beyond that, what resources can I likely get when it comes time for me to fuse my third or fourth or fifth star, And so I really thought that this whole fusion cycle along with the other phases right after that were really impressive because it was like you had to think you had to think the whole turn ahead and kind of start thinking the second and third turn ahead as well to think, okay, do I have too many stars? If I make two stars, is that now going to be too much? Can I not keep everything rolling? Because the other guy is also making a bunch of stars. They're also competing for those same resources. So you have to kind of think, like, how many stars can this universe really support from a, an, a, a, an element perspective? And I really dug that. That was a lot of fun in this game.
1: I liked it a lot, too. The idea that, you know, with two of us, we got a feel for it. We got a flavor of uh, how to play. And by the way, I just got an email from uh, Krista Witt that said, if I call it goo one more time, she's hacking my, my network. <laughs> Essence. So I have to call it Essence from now on. Yes, it's Essence. She said, I did not create this game for you to call it Magical Goo. Um, But anyway, um, I like that idea of how you got to play around. And I started seeing at the end of the game how I started trying to read your play. So not only was I thinking about my play, I was thinking of my turn. I was thinking of your next turn. And all – because the victory points, we we were really close, even though you got – well. I mean, that just shows how bad I am. We were really close, even though you had a bad start. And um, (laughs) it it was like, what's he going to do? And, you know, um, now we were building stars and you can build planets. A couple of the other things to give you more victory points is to, um, you know, spark life on that planet. And that took lots of magical, I mean, essence. And that life then could turn into civilization. Yeah. And I think maybe that's like the big card I was wanting to play. I was like, dude, I want to create a civilization. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it.
0: Yeah. Man, yeah, there were
1: lots of cards to get there.
0: Yeah. Well, civilization was expensive. It took all the late game items to make that civilization. And so that's one of those things that I started the game with civilization. And I was like, dude. I am so many turns away from the end of this game. I'm dumping that card and drawing another one. Cause that's one of the things about this game is you can dump cards out of your hand to draw new cards. And I dumped that thing right away. Cause like, oh man, I can't have an end game card on my first turn. I'll just draw another one later. And by the end of the game, I did have another one in my hand, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the, uh, the economy to put it into the game. You know, I didn't have the and resources. And that's where all
1: those little building blocks come in, people, mm-hmm. is uh, you get a lot of hydrogen, carbon, and, and iron, and all those those pieces together with essence, and you can build the different things. So not yeah. everything has the same cost, um, which makes it, you know, exciting. As you say, that endgame card, I think I saw mine, like, on turn three. Oh, and, nice. um, oh, how's the t- how do Elons go by, David? Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you go through all the phases... Each phase completion is an eon, right? And you start all over. So it's kind of cool. You're playing these intergalactic architects. You're going through various phases. And as the phase ends, the eon is passed. Well, part of the 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 way the game ends is that as items die, so stars, planets, those sorts of things, as they get wiped out, a a countdown clock happens. So in the very middle of the board is a spiral down. Um, you know, starting at a certain number based on the number of players. So if you have a full game, you start way high on the clock. You have lots of items that can die before the game is over. But each time oh. something dies, the eons move, you know, you're moving down this countdown and eventually it, it determines how many, uh, items you can have in front of you from a resource perspective. It would limits how many resources are really left in your pool to, to manipulate and use. Um, and it really makes it so that towards the end, man, things are dying fast because at first everybody's building their stuff, they're getting their energy, their economies going and dude, by the end, we're throwing out planet killers, star killers. We're trying to kill everything to have the game end at the right phase. And that's the next thing is that the game ends at the last account phase, but you can decide based on your actions When is that going to happen? Is it going to start? Was the clock going to happen during the fuse phase or is it going to happen during the creation phase or one of the other phases where things can die? And that was really interesting to me because that's actually one of the things where I eked out. I was barely ahead of you at one moment. I remember I was barely ahead of you at one moment. I was like, oh, if I can just kill three things, the game will end and I'll win. But I couldn't get three things to die. And so we had to go through a whole other phase. And by then, dude, you had like eight more stars and like a planet. And I was like, all right, well, done."
1: (laughs) And and that was about when I realized if I blow some shit up, I can end the game. Right. And and I was asking a question like, can I blow up my stuff? Because, you know, they had two cards on there that showed up. Um, Supernova. In cosmic collision and supernova was a star killer and cosmic collision was a planet killer. Did I get that right?
0: Yeah, it could, the cosmic collision could also wipe out the top layer of a planet. So like if you had civilization, cosmic oh, collision, wow. no more civilization,
1: yeah. no more dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's gone.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's not a, yeah. And so I, uh, I think I uh, I think that's how I ended the game. I think I I called it on my terms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I went in with a um, cosmic collision or supernova, mm-hmm. and I uh, popped some of your victory points and and made the end game happen because, um, you know, not playing it before, as I started to see that that cycle come together, I went, oh, this is good. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also a great way to introduce somebody, maybe as two player game or three player game, yeah. a five player game. Wow, man yeah I can't imagine how ruthless that could get with, when I played with blowing up people's stuff and yeah. trying to get ahead of people and trying to push the clock down on purpose Woo,
0: dude when i played the i played a four player game my first game that was tough there were not a lot of resources towards mid game you really had to be careful about the order in which you fused things and you could look at your stars and be like all right I have a way of fusing my stars so they're gonna they're gonna live and I can look over at the other guy and be like oh man I can totally make it so he can't fuse anything in that mid game (laughs) when it's a big game. There's lots of players in it. Yeah, that, that definitely happened. Um, You and I's little game that did not happen really. Um, And then the other thing is um, when you're looking at that end game, there's a couple other end game cards that are really cool in this one. And that is the black holes. So (gasps) that was my path to victory was I could make all these tiny little stars with my little teeny tiny economy. And as those stars were getting towards the end of their lives, I would drop down a plaque, a black hole different than a supernova. doesn't just kill the star and you get a little chunk of uranium at the end of that. No, it, it, it turns that star into a black hole, which stays in the game, can't be killed and is lots of victory points. So uh, I ended up with like two or three of those.
1: I That's think funny. the three, and what I was so jealous, listeners, I didn't get one black hole card, and they were like, um, "I hate to go Twilight, super massive black hole." I mean, they had oh, yeah. they had some really fun ones there. And what were their names?
0: Oh yeah, so they're named after all these cool scientists. There's the there's the Hawking black hole. There's the uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has a black hole in there, like. <laughs> Yeah, man. And like I love that. Like they're named after like I think real black holes and real cool scientists. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. The the names of these cards were named after real objects that astronomers have found uh or at least found evidence of. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: and that really leads to the multiple paths to success. You know, we talked a little bit about the idea that um, you know, I went for the star and then you could see how somebody could go for the star, planet, life, civilization. Yep. And you can see how someone's going for the black hole. Mm-hmm. And I like that too. Cause you know, I, I I hate when maybe sometimes we're all just competing the exact same way for a goal. I mean, that's cool sometimes, right? Don't get right. me wrong. You know, ticket right. to ride is is beautiful and it's very well balanced. Um, but sometimes it's cool that you can see some strategies happening and go, you know what? I'm flipping the script here. I just pulled some great cards and I'm going to pop this and I'm going for this idea right. and, and it, it it can pay off like it almost did for you.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Almost. Thanks buddy. Almost. <laughs> oh, <gross. laughs> yeah. The and
1: host it. with the most did not make it.
0: <laughs> That's true. I, uh, I died in my black hole. I, I fell into the singularity and lost Ooh, that game. Man.
1: Did you ever see that movie? Oh yeah. Black Hole from Disney. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, I watch that like once a year oh, and wow. I remember the, the first time I made my daughter watch it and she's like, what the F is up with this ending? And I'm like, <laughs> Disney had a hard time that year, folks, That star Wars was on their door and blah, blah, blah. And it was like that ending, man. Wow. <laughs> it, it could give crawl a run. But anyways,
0: so Eons the the kind of last thing I'll say about it is there is there is a, a a kind of a dig against Eons in the board game community that those 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 attack cards of you know planet killing star killing attack cards a lot of people don't like that stuff they don't like that there's a straight up I'm going to attack somebody and I'm gonna knock out their planet or knock out their star in my view Okay, fine. If you don't like those cards, take them out. But really, like, there's not... Other than being really crafty with the way you manage the fusion cycle, there's not a lot of ways to really impact one another. You know, you're kind of building your own little thing, and it doesn't really have an impact on anybody else. Um, so, yeah.
1: And those cards did not come up a lot. Right. They they came up, but it wasn't like they were all over the place. Even with two players, We, you know, imagine five, we would have gotten them, you know, twice as less, whatever, blah, blah, blah.
0: You know why? Um, You know why you're saying that? You know why you're saying that? Because it didn't happen to you. That's why. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the laugh of victory, my friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because when I finally got my one big star, I had a... Matt, I think I had a giant white star or something like that. It yeah. had like all these elements on. I was like, yes, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swap this game with my big star. And you're like, hmm, interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. supernova. Boo-hoo.
1: Gutenberg says that one must go.
0: Boo hoo. <laughs> 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 I did cry a little. That was sad.
1: <laughs> but yes, you know what? There's it, there's not a ton of screw your neighbor, and I think it needs to have a little bit in there. Sure. I do. I think that that's, I, I, I felt it was balanced. I didn't think it was unbalanced at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like the the card cycling. That's one of the cool things is that like, if you don't like your hand, you can dump a bunch of the cards out of it and just draw more cards. And that's really nice. If you're frustrated with what's in front of you, you can be like, you know what? I'm dumping cards. I'm getting new cards. Um, And that's during one of the phases where you can do that. So i I, I think they did a good job of making it so that even if you're behind, there are paths to get ahead again. You just gotta you just gotta go for it. Get an idea in your head and, and chase it down and then and, and the game gives you routes to either win or get very near to winning.
1: Well I think this one would fall into my category of one, it has to be at high high shelf gaming con. And two, I think it is playable over and over. I I can see it having some really nice repeat play value. Um, You know, sometimes I'll play a game and go, wow, that was cool. You know, like K2. And that was a fun game. It was kind of neat. Yeah, three years, I'll play it again. You know what I mean? But this one, I definitely could see saying if we were around one time, hey, bring that game out. Let's Mm -hmm. throw it on the table real fast. Um, How... I mean, with all of our technology complexity, how long do you think that game took
0: us? Well, so, yeah, we had some setup issues with just techno stuff. We had to get cameras aligned, right, and all that kind of stuff. I think we played that game, I think that whole thing was two hours. And if you take out the time we spent just futzing around with cameras and mics, probably was an hour-long game, hour and a half, maybe.
1: Wow, that that is it went by faster than that. Um, what's it rated for? Um, you know, I know two to five, but that could yeah. change the time frame.
0: Right? Yeah, it's it's rated for. I think it's like on the box. It says like ninety to uh, ninety to one twenty in the sure. in the time. But I don't. I think that that's. I think that's maybe talking about the four player game. Um, I mm. think the two player game. Man, you and I by the end of it, we're moving so fast. We've gotten so comfortable with the game that I think that if we were to sit down and play it again, we'd bang out a game in 30 minutes to 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. And that high-low strategy was really cool. We were always ready at the beginning of each phase about who was high or low. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm high, I'm low. Mm-hmm. And because that really changed who got to go first and do things. Yeah. With a four-player game, that's kind of neat. Because, you know, uh, I, I was just out on a cruise, and we, we, we took some games with us, you know, dominoes, cards, a few things like that. And, you know, you play in order. Yeah. And so the person beside you really can dictate what happens to you next. You know, how are, how are they playing their pips? Um, are you able to get a five off of what they just played? Um, you know, are they a stingy player that never leave an open? Uh, this game alters that. Yeah. You can, you can you not be behind the same person for, for seven turns. Yeah. You can never be behind the same person again because yeah. of the high low strategy.
0: That's a good point. You know, when I go and play a game, I will look at where people are sitting and I will change where I sit because I don't want to be right after or right before certain players. Because it's like, oh man, because they're next, you're the natural target for their aggression because you're the next player in the game, right? And so certain players, where you sit matters for certain games. Eons, you're right, man, it doesn't. Oh, that was so much. I did like that. I do like that about this game that, hey, you know, sit anywhere at the table doesn't have a big impact on what your, uh, what does not have an impact on who's playing before you. Cause it really matters at the point order, you know, on, on those different phases. And I, that's a really cool thing that they did. I don't see in other games.
1: The only other place I saw it, we talked about on our first podcast was out at Gen Con beta demo, super almost printed brown coats, Brigands yeah. and brown Browncoats, uh, the yeah. Firefly game, yeah. where they they changed the order based upon how much time you took, like in a movie scene, and all of a sudden, whoever was first is first again, whoever's last is now first, and whoever's in the middle is at the bottom, I mean, it yeah. just allowed you to really play around with, it didn't matter where you sat at the table, didn't yeah. matter what character you picked, it's how you used your time, and in, in eons, it's about how you're sitting in victory points.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I. You're right. I dug that. I dug that a lot about eons, um, and I definitely want more of that in games. I really do, because it's it's one of those things that I don't like to have to think about. Where am I going to sit at the table? I don't like that. You know, I, that's not playing the game. That's playing the table, in my view. Um, but yeah. it's if you're want if you want to be competitive, it can matter where you sit. Um, and so, yeah, I I really. Oh do God!
1: That. If I'm in Vegas. The quickest thing to get me off a blackjack table is to get an asshole in the hole. <laughs> and you can, oh, you got to beep that, Kelly, for the, uh, you know, PG 13 rating. Are we a PG 13 or we being, are we a Razor You, it you
0: can say ass for PG 13. That's fine.
1: Okay. Just wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah. We can't, we can't, we can't drop F bombs. That's the thing.
1: Oh, no, no fudge. No, no F bombs. Got it. <laughs> but if you're in the hole, and you're doing some really stupid stuff mm-hmm. that takes away bust cards from the dealer. I mean, I will throw a hissy and just leave. I will, I will do whatever I can to make it seem like I'm embarrassing you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll pick my stuff up and go because that is one way to ruin all of our night and use all of our money. And Not that I'm bitter, but that's another story. Um. Yeah. This this game really takes care of that. One person yeah. can't just totally screw you over every single round. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Well. Cool, man. I I don't have anything really else to say about Ooh. Eons. Oh, do you have? Do you have some more stuff?
1: I do. I was yeah. doing a little bit of show prep, right? Okay. You know. Hey, I am the the guest. That's the best, right? And I was doing a little show prep, and I found um, over at just to give props at Gamer Nation Studios. Um, base game rules are downloadable from them. There was some, uh, co-op rules and some other things. And then I saw something called secret agenda cards.
0: What
1: have you, what have you played? You haven't played with these then? No. Oh dude. So these are print and play. Um, you would basically, I think, hand everybody out a secret agenda card, right? So one, one here is called the, the spice of life earn plus one victory point, max of four for every planet with life in play at game end. Oh. So. Nice. We track everyone's victory points, but everyone has a secret agenda in yeah. front of them, right? Yeah. And I think one of the first one here is Embrace the Void. Earn plus one victory points, max of four, for every black hole in play at the end of the game. Oh, I would have won. I would have won. You would have won. That is exactly right. If you would have been sitting on that secret agenda card, you would have had enough to pull it off, and I would have been like, oh, you got me on the secret agenda. Of course, unless I had the stellar variety, which is the plus one for every different color star.
0: (gasps) No, 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 no. You had all reds all of your stars were red.
1: David, I'm color deficient and all (laughs) pies go to my favor. That's all. (laughs) But yes, you should check out Gamer Nation and they have an Eon section, Gamer Nation Studios to give them the right shout out. Um, Check out the Eon section and you can print these to throw inside your box. Awesome. And uh, that way, if people wanted to play, put them in some sleeves and away you go.
0: We will put that in the show notes. And actually, you mentioned that. I think that Gamer Nation gives you enough detail that you can just get some coins, call those your elements, get, you know, some stuff to call your essence. You know, you can you can bring together the meeples you need in order to yeah. make the game happen, Um uh, I don't know if they give you enough. I don't know if they give you the cards, the the sons. No, and the, oh, okay
1: no, okay. that would be you would have to go to old uh, BGG and kind of go through all their stuff to kind of yeah. print and play your own. Gotcha. Uh, by the way, BGG ad says get this game for ninety dollars. What did you say you came up with price wise?
0: I came, I found it on Amazon, I think for like eighty. I paid forty five. Okay, for I paid forty five. Okay, so ninety is 90. still double. That's yeah, that's, that's in line with right price. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: well i think that was a really cool game so that was my only last bit to throw in that i was hoping to surprise you and it sounds like i did so yeah. uh that's kind of cool
0: yeah yeah awesome so yeah we'll definitely get that in the show notes well uh thanks again rich and thanks everyone for listening this was a fun time um great game glad we got to talk about it today and uh we'll see you all next week
1: bye everyone
0: have fun and play well Thanks for listening. If you have feedback for us, please find us on Twitter, again, at High Shelf Gaming, or on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher as well, so feel free to leave us some feedback or a review there.